Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. We decided to get together to do an off-season podcast earlier this year. Uh, why, I'm not sure. There's not a whole lot to talk about. I'm Lars. Joining me tonight, a, the entire Bills and Brew, Bills and Brews, Bills and Brews, Bills and Beers crew is here. The lovely Miss Cassie Ozark. Greetings. Happy New Year. Cassie Hutton, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo Bill Belcher is with us as well. What? Shaken Bill's Nation. That's a surname I will never, ever get wrong, ever again. And, of course, the president of the Bills backers, Sujit, is also here with us tonight. Good morning, Vietnam. So I think this is going to be a break-free podcast because um, the Eagle has landed. His name is Rex Ryan, and he's our new fucking coach. Whoop, whoop. Um, I don't, I have so many thoughts just bouncing around my head right now, and, uh, I, when I got this last beer that I'm drinking now, I was thinking, I really need to gather my thoughts, because there's like a million things I want to say, and I don't know where to start, so Cass, let's start with you, just say something, anything about Rex Ryan being our head coach, and let's just get this conversation flowing. I want to have his babies. Okay, Bill, going to you next. (laughs) We... Finally, have a coach. We we finally have an identity as a team, and it starts with Rex Ryan. And everything that he does, he he's ready to he's ready to crush opposing teams. Bully. Bringing in bringing in Greg Roman, who is going to be a nightmare for everybody. Fate, you know. And, and I just, I just love it. I love everything that they're that they're doing. I love the way that he talks. I know the players are going to play hard for him. And uh, unlike any other, you know, who knows what's going to happen with all of, if we had hired one of those offense coordinators, whether it was Adam Gaze yep. or like whoever, right? Is it going to be another Mike Malarkey? How many times have we heard that the, these, this innovative genius of right. a, of a offensive mind is going to turn around our team? Well, guess what? It didn't happen. But the number one thing is all these guys have talent in the NFL Rex Ryan is someone who can harness that talent, make them all play together for one reason, and that's one Buffalo under Terry Pagula. And guess what? The Buffalo Bills are going to the playoffs. As the lone Buffalonian, uh, I can I can actually hear your testicles drop as you say that, Bill. Uh, and I just that alone, I wish I was sitting here taking notes because I want to respond to so many things you just said. But before we get to Suge, let me add this. I was listening to his press conference live, and I damn near wrecked the car when he said, so uh, the defense finished fourth this year, which, uh, you know, it's kind of a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I said out loud, what? <laughs> um, so, again, I got a lot to say, a lot of thoughts, but to keep it brief, pretty excited to see what Rex Ryan puts on the field next year. Suge? Well... I hate to be the uh, oh. the naysayer. <laughs> I am very excited about Rex Ryan. I love I love the way he talks. I love the way that you know. I, I love the approach that he has, and I agree with it 110. percent I just want to see it happen. Yeah, because I've been fooled before. Mike Malarkey was this tough head coach that was going to give us an identity of being tough, and we we're going to be Pittsburgh Smash Mouth football. That never happened. Except um, except Rex Ryan has experience, and we'll get no, to no, all no, this. and it's true, but. I guess I just want, I want to see it happen because I think that he was saying those same things, you know, during the two eight and eight seasons for the Jets. Now he toned back his rhetoric this last year because you just can't completely be a blowhole. But 
You know, that's what I mean. And I, I do, I get really annoyed, and I'm sure you're going to want to comment on this, with the national media that are immediately saying that this guy is just a blowhard and he says all these things and he's never, you know, he's never lost a press conference, but, you know, what is he going to be able to do in Buffalo? He's walking into the same situation he had with the Jets, which is just simply not true because we were 9-7 and seven and they were 4-12. and 12. So, and we kick their ass. So he's walking into a different talent pool. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, you know, the one thing that Marone did do is that <coughs> whether the players liked him or not, I think that they respected what he was doing. And I think that's why you got a lot of unhappy players when he left because they said, despite us hating you, we played for you because you said we we're going to be one family, we we're going to be one team. And whether you like me or not, this is the system, buy into it you know, play for each other. And then when he left, he's like, well, shit, how am I supposed to believe anything that those coaches say? So I think it was really important for him to say that, you know, you deserve, a, they des- these players deserve a loyal coach. This oh, city yeah. deserves a loyal coach. Nice, um, nice little jab. He, yeah, he was, nice so, but he said all the right things. But that's, you know, that's what every politician does, right? I mean, but we see politicians. But everybody says that's who he is. He's not, yeah, he's not putting he on very Im- And everybody right. to him, nobody has ever come out and said, this man's a phony. No, no right. one who actually knows him has ever come out and yeah. said that. It was very impressive, all of the right things that he said that came across very genuinely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and one thing, he was on Mike and Mike this morning, by the way. So I got done in the gym and I, you know, get in my car and I'm like, yeah, bonus. Little... You listen to Mike and Mike while you drive to work? Uh, to the gym, yeah, in the morning. Yeah. Nice. Oh, God, of course. I um, watch it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but one thing he did say, and I, I know he said this in the press conference, but I, I love that I, he hammered it home. He was like, this is it. This is my last job. It this better is the be. last and, time I'm doing this. I mean, those are the kind of promises that really blow up in your face three years down the line. I don't want that to be the case. And the one thing I look at when he said that was what other teams were looking for head coaches during this time? Atlanta Falcons? Pretty good offense. They could be playoff bound, weak weak division. San Francisco. They were just in the playoffs. They were just in the Super Bowl two years ago. Chicago Bears. Storied franchise. Jay Cutler. They say he's a great quarterback. All this stuff. And what what franchise, in my opinion, does he choose to go out on his last hurrah with? The Buffalo Bills. I like where you're going with that. And that segues nicely into what I wanted to talk about, which was when... Suge, when you and I sat down to do the podcast, we did not even consider Rex Ryan as as a coach. We we were trying to wrap our heads around the offensive coordinators that were out there, the Daryl Bevels, the the Adam Gases, the, the Josh McDaniels, the Brian Schottenheimer. Not, sorry, not Brian Schottenheimer, the Kyle Shanahan's. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we were in that mindset. So like when Rex's name came up at that time, I dismissed it. I, I couldn't really see it coming to fruition. I, it didn't seem to make sense because I thought we were going to go with somebody who was going to be offensive-minded, but I, I completely dismissed the possibility of Rex being our coach entirely out of hand. Yeah. And so when, well, and when, have, when I woke you have up... A very, you have a very specific image of him, too, wearing that Jets vest, mm-hmm. you know, facing him, seeing him on the sidelines as, as a direct people opponent about for this. six years or they, whatever. They talked about how weird it was seeing him not in Jets green, you know, in the red, white, and blue of Buffalo. But, Bill, when you and I, when we te- so I slept in a little bit. I woke up. I had a text from you <laughs> yeah. saying Rex Ryan's going to be our coach. <laughs> you said, like, the one morning I choose to sleep in yeah. and this happens. Yeah, which is exactly what happened. normally you'd be, I mean, you would have been in front of it. 
Maybe not. I, I don't. I maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't, you at least would have been right there. Like, yeah. I, I usually, I usually spend time doing Bill stuff at work. Usually, when I'm not at work, <laughs> yeah. I, I find other things to do with my time. Yeah. Um, Which but you don't. To, so you must work a lot because you do a lot of Bill stuff. <laughs> so to that point, though, when I was thinking about the Daryl Bevels and the Adam Gases, you know, you're trying to wrap your head around, you know, the Frank Reichs. What is this guy going to be look like as a head coach? And and Sue, you and I talked about it. They could be the next genius, or they could fizzle out. And I having that in my brain and not knowing, and then to, to do a complete 180 on Rex fucking Ryan, who we know, who we know his personality, what he brings from a, from a coaching standpoint, from a, from a football philosophy standpoint, to the fact that he actually has head coaching experience... It was it was difficult to wrap my head around, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, "Yeah, this is going to be great." But I do have some drawbacks. We'll get to those in a minute. I mean, he has he has experience not just as a head coach, but his experience as a winning head coach. You know, he at least, maybe it was just once, but he punched the Patriots in the mouth in the playoffs, and he went to the AFC Championship. He did this twice. year twice. Yeah. I mean, you twice know? this so, year. They, I mean, they just barely lost. And and I will like I would say people keep talking about the two straight AFC Championship games. Those teams in 2009 and 2010 were built on at the at the cusp of being past their prime veterans, guys like Ladanian Tomlinson and some of the guys they had on their defense, and they were very talented teams that had those kind of guys. And I remember at the time saying or thinking they are going all in on a Super Bowl now because they can't sustain this sustain this team. But they're loading it up with talent to go get it now. And he, he did well. That was the last talented team he has. Now, crap. he's inheriting a young, wow. talented team. Yeah. And for him to win with the old guys was great. I, I just can't wait to see what he does with this defense. Well, I, I just hope that he's picked the right pony this time in terms of an offensive coordinator. Because I think that's been his undoing multiple times in the past is that He's always had a great defense. I mean, he even blew it off in this press conference where he's like, ah, the defense, whatever, that's going to be it's fine. Gonna it's going to take care of itself. It's an afterthought. You know, but, you know, he, you know, he cares about the offense. And I know you have something to say about that, about but, but what followed up that comment. But he, uh, you know, I, I think he's been undone by offensive coordinators that really haven't done much since they left him, since they failed with him. So I'm hoping Greg Roman has been successful as a coordinator you know, he made a lateral move to be a coordinator here. Um, he definitely, I mean, as long as we're fixing, you know, the things that need to be fixed, then he, he there's no reason, with our stable of running backs, including Booby Dixon, who he worked with, um, you know, there's no reason he shouldn't succeed. But, again, it's the it's the Chan Gailey show me the baby era. Yeah. Here's, here's, here's the thing, guys, is like, I don't care who your offensive coordinator is, who your defensive coordinator is, who your head coach is. I don't care what talent you have on the field. When what you, do you care? <laughs> when, when you Who have, is your special teams coordinator? That's yeah. all that when matters. You, and Danny Crossman coming back. When you have an organization where the owner says, you know what? No, I do not want to start Doug Flutie. I would rather start Rob Johnson. When you have an organization that, like the Jets have, that... We're making decisions for Rex Ryan, not allowing him to put a certain product on the field to run a certain type of team on his own. You have a problem. Rex Ryan is in a situation now where he is aligned with management. These guys are like all tied to the hip. 
and it came across very, 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 uh, it was very apparent that they all have one vision. And if you're running a company, which is pretty much what an NFL team is, it's, it's an organization. If you're running a business, if you're running a company, you better all have one philosophy and you better try and you're all trying to get to one goal. You know whose responsibilities it is and you know what to expect from one another. That's what he's got in Buffalo and he's bought in. Everyone seems to be bought in. So I think this is his time to succeed. Well, and it, it sounded like from the, the presser where Terry Pagula commented about, oh, wow. You know, when I asked Rex who he's going to bring in as his, his core staff and Greg Roman's name came up there and he's like, well, we already interviewed him. And they already had been on a positive note with Greg Roman. He's like, wait, I get Rex Ryan and Greg Roman? I mean, it was just a win-win scenario. You could already see that the the levers were clicking and everything was already in line. And these guys are starting from zero to 60, like, immediately. Totally agree. Now, there are still questions abound, uh, not least of which is what we're going to do at quarterback next year. Um, But, Bill, I like what you're saying. And I think it's very telling that here we are, it's, what's today, January 15th. Doug Marone's been out of a job for 15 days. He hasn't, he hasn't gotten a head coach offer. He hasn't gotten an offensive coordinator offer. The, the last we heard, he's, he's considered for the offensive line coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So when we talk about... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah mean, I mean, that's... that's. So when we talk about, like... Yeah, he's $4 million richer. Well, so. and, then, and then when... He, his yeah, last I know. available I, I chance, him, John Fox decides to come out into the mix. Yeah. Like, I mean, I thought he had a decent shot with the Bears, maybe. Um, or I would have you know. loved for Doug Marone to come coach them. I would have loved <laughs> to have seen the weekly tumult that would have been Doug Marone v. Jay Cutler. Can you imagine? Can you imagine those two surly pricks in the same room at the same time? Yeah. Okay, so let me, let, let, let me transition here because... I think we all are in agreement that our defense is going to be awesome. just a nightmare. They are okay. renegotiating as we speak with Jerry Hughes. Yes. So. Um, I'd rather have Brandon Spikes back. Correct. Um, One at a time. I'm curious to see how Preston Brown does. I'm really curious to see it's what Kiko Alonso does. It depends on really what we're going to run. You yeah. know, we're going to run a little bit of everything. It's just like Petten. Remember the first practice after yeah. Petten was in and Mario Williams was like, I don't even know what position I play anymore because they got me all over the field. Right. But if that's the case, then we do need Brandon Spikes because yeah. if we're going to run a, a, a at any time run a set that requires four linebackers, one of those needs to be a run stuffing linebacker. I don't disagree. And later in this podcast, we'll speculate wildly about who our quarterback's going to be next year. But for right now, I want to talk about the drawbacks of Rex Ryan and a lot of this. I don't know. Did you any of you guys listen to that Patriots roundtable that I that I had no. recommended? No. <laughs> cool. Cool beans. So, uh, Sorry, I won't listen to anything Patriots that's recommended. Sorry. So Dave Damashek on his podcast had Willie McGinnis and Heath Evans talking about the dynasty years of the Patriots, uh, basically 2001 through 2007. Um, or through now. Or through now. Yeah, I mean, what that, what? I mean, well, the one okay. they won Super Bowls and had an undefeated regular season. And Fine. Yeah, Fine. I, I hear you. But um, basically what, they, what it all boiled down to and what I walked away believing was something that I think we had all had suspected to be true, which is that Bill Belichick is a bona fide football savant. Crazy, but he's a genius, and he's exceptionally good at coaching, and it's everything down to the last detail. You know, you talk about 
And yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and 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 uh, and apply Godwin's law here. When you talk about the Nazis and you talk about their uniforms made by Hugo Boss, they were sharp. Down to the last detail, the last leather buckle, the bright red swastik, all of it was very deliberate. And that's how I feel about a Bill Belichick team. They know everything. They know everything you're going to do ahead of time. Wait, They've practiced wait, everything. Bill Belichick is Hitler. Where yeah. did the Nazi reference come from? Was that your mouth? That's my mouth, yeah. Okay, so you're making I'm just that. saying, he has okay. left zero... I didn't know if he said that. He has left zero stones unturned. And that was that was very clear in the roundtable. His players were so... Unbelievably prepared to play every Sunday. Where, where does Hugo Boss? He like, designed the Nazi u- uniforms. Hugo Boss did. Yeah, he still he was alive back then. Really? That's what. That's how he became like a Isn't thing. Isn't he Jewish? Probably. Can I can I that just say that. that I will fully support any correlation between Bill Belichick and Hitler? I made the I made Thank the you. comparison for you, Cass. Yeah. Evil. Belichick wins because his team and he is so incredibly detail-oriented, and as a result, they just manufacture wins. They're going to win way more often than they lose because of that. Now, with Rex Ryan, I feel like we kind of have a little more of that street fighter just going to go out there wildly throwing haymakers type approach to the game, which will win us games, but hear me now, believe me later, because we'll we'll be talking about it a year from now. We are going to blow some teams out, and we're going to beat them up real bad. We are also going to get blown out a couple times this year too. Yeah, I do worry about our discipline because that's what I—that's I worry about being an undisciplined team that just goes out to punch people in the face, but doesn't—you know—is going to get inopportune penalties or just like dares that. you to beat you long. And Tom Brady has three touchdown passes each for more than seventy-three yards. I mean, right, right. But I feel like for once we're returning so many key positions, so many key players that at this point right now, I'm less worried about the discipline. Because they've been playing together, that you're going to know each other a little bit more, it's going to be a little bit more Yeah, but I think discipline is something that needs to be pounded in every year, and as soon as you lose that focus, so Marone, I think, definitely had that yeah. type of focus. Yeah. That I think we're he losing was, I mean, like, bit. he's not nearly, obviously, he's no Belichick, but he was detail-oriented, and he was very, like, fundamental-based and, and, and things like that, so, which is why he tried to just run up the middle all the time, you know, right. like, and, and that, because it's, if you follow your fundamentals, you should be able to do that, so... But, but that, that being said, we know that Rex is going to draw up a brilliant defensive scheme. Yes. Way more often than he doesn't. The one thing, though, Cass, about mistakes and about, you know, swinging for the fences and coming up missing, that if we're running a ground and pound game, that's a 12 plays, six and a half minute drive for a touchdown. And that's all well and good until you're losing by 14 points because the team has capitalized on two big plays. And we don't have the quarterback who can bring us back into a game. But to play the counter-argument of that, Rex was just in the same type of offense for the last two years where he did not have a quarterback that could do that for him. So won't he realize that that's a weakness and something he needs to focus on? I I feel like that's kind of... That really I is also have a, a well. As we said, question. we're going to spe- speculate wildly. I think that we're going to make a huge move for a quarterback this offseason. I mean, I he just said, get that feeling. He said as much when he said, "What are my weaknesses?" You know, that he's like, "Oh, do I need to maybe focus on some things like you know, developing a QB?" He I said, mean, he "Building a QB," building which a I thought QB. was like weird. It's yeah. like, which yeah, I, I thought it was <laughs> really interesting that he fully admitted that I didn't do a very good job developing Geno Smith. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's that's interesting. Um, but I, you know, this is always, this is the big question. This is why we didn't, he wasn't on our radar was because I thought there's no way this man walks into the exact same situation right. 
that he left. Uh, and we talked about Atlanta. I thought Atlanta would be a perfect part, fit for him. Well, the offense is already taken care of with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I mean, there's even you know, Boomer Sison was saying that you know I think he got spooked by the Falcons, and uh, yeah, he said in his press conference. Who, who, who was that? Rodak. So, Rodak. That asked a dumb question of like, oh, I heard we were your third choice. I mean, this guy has just yeah, put like on he's the gonna most be like eloquent, charismatic press inter, uh, you know, presser that we've seen in in like a long time, at least in my time watching the Bills. Do you really think he's going to say, oh yeah, no, you guys were definitely my third choice, but I I, I'm glad I'm here now. And I'm a guy who's been job. in front of the New York media doesn't know better than to answer that question the way you want right. him to, ESPN? Give me a break. Yeah, yeah he's like, that no, guy's that's a jackass. He sucks. The way that he, he but phrased it, he didn't leave open the possibility that there was... He was asking him yeah. to confirm that Buffalo is his third choice, right. essentially. Yeah. So, But what, I do think, with that being said, I think that he probably did have a big interest in the Falcons' job. I think that he was pleasantly surprised with what he saw from Pegula and Whaley and learning about the power structure that's going to be in place. Um, but I think that, I mean, it's I, I don't care if we weren't his number one choice coming out of the gate. We're who he picked, you know? And if he was not have been happy here, he would not have picked us. Um, and if he didn't see an opportunity to succeed here, he wouldn't have picked us. He would have gone into TV or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, he said, which he you said, would have done great at. Yeah, he said, uh, you know, I, I, I was not going to go back and be a coordinator. I was either going to be a head coach, but I knew that I wanted to pick the right place. I was really interested in TV, but I wanted to be a head coach. No, and, no, I no, mean, no. ESPN, that offer was there. It was on the table. Right. He sure. could have very sure easily. It was on the table before he was fired from the Jets. Oh, yeah. but And look at every single person who's gone from, you know, a coaching position to TV. They don't go back. They don't go back. So he mm. he's really looking at this as a last hurrah. Right. So, how do we feel about Greg Roman? Because all all signs point to Greg Roman is going to be left on an island and left to deal with that all by himself. That was the other thing he said that in his press conference. He's like, "Oh, I want to give Greg Roman the same uh, freedom that Bill um, Brian Billick gave me as a defensive coordinator, where he just kind of let me run my show." And so, and so that's what he's going to do with Roman. And I think that's wise. I think that's. What he has to do because I just don't think he's a very good offensive coach. No, I don't. Coach. I, I think he. I, and I think he freely admits it, which is great. One, I mean, one of the best things you can do is admit your weaknesses right. and account for right. them. Um, but what, how do we feel about Greg Roman? Greg Roman, though, I, and I've asked around at my office. There's a, a, a 49ers fan there, and I said, "Hey, yeah, we got your offensive coordinator," and, and he made a few comments like, "Well, enjoy." Um, a lot of delay of game calls because you can't get a simple play call in and enjoy in the red zone, first and goal, you pass the ball three times. So let me address the first point. And and he did. Okay. And he, we, it all came down to Harbaugh. Yeah. I don't, I don't trust any fans' opinions. On offensive coordinators? Does that include yeah. your own? <laughs> no. Other than, other, than, other than fans of l legit... Uh, like the Steelers, the Bills, the oh, Packers. The Niners are pretty legit. The they won are... five Super Bowls. The Niners? Bowls. Yeah, but Niners yeah, fans but he's saying Niners suck. fans compared to like, you know, compared to like Green Bay fans. Dude, they grew up in or... San Francisco. No, Let's no, no, no. This kid is, this kid is a non- Exactly. So he didn't grow up in San Francisco resident and he not, and he was... And he grew up in the Montana era. So, and exactly. He's, and he's still a 49ers fan, and he claims fandom. Yeah, he through sucks. Through. Well, the, hey, if you're listening to this, you well, suck. Hold on, hold on. He's, he's not... He's not the worst human on the face of the planet Fucking because kill you. He he's hitched, not the only one. He that hitched his that. wagon to Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. Oh, good for you, kid. 
and he never he didn't turn back on that. So okay, good. He didn't he didn't renege on that. That's good for him. Oh, and, why are you being a racist now? I was waiting for you to say that. I knew you were gonna say that. Um, so yes, the complications for here's the thing. How can you? Bills fans came to grasp the concept that Nate Hackett isn't running this offense. It's it's fucking Doug Marone. And if you have an offensive-minded head coach, how can you possibly blame? That would have been like blaming Curtis Modkins for Fitzpatrick not being able to run out of the spread. No, nobody in their right mind would have done that. They would have said, no, it's Chan Gailey's offense. So when people say those things about Greg Roman under Jim Harbaugh, it makes no sense to me. I mean, I whatever. I, I think that, you know, we had this idea that Hackett, it was all because of what Marone was holding him back. And that's based on one quote from Fred Jackson that has not been verified anywhere else. Uh, but if, now, there was a, if there was a reliable if source, there's a reliable, yeah, that's fair enough. But well, whatever. I mean, it's all... We, none of us have any clue. Okay? <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> like, let's just see what... I, mean, I think we, I know that we need to talk about something, but like, yes, he has this reputation of doing a great job. I mean, he did a great job with Alex Smith. Um, he did a great job in, in Kaepernick's first two years. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. Could he do something with EJ? I like the fact that Rex Ryan said, I think he has great mobility. I'd like to see him run more. Because what that tells me is I'm not afraid of getting EJ Manuel hurt. If he's a big bitch and can't That's take a hit, Listen, then what, he what else Well, he, he also said, but, I need depth at that position. But what else did he say? He said, well, you guys have Sammy Watkins. Why wouldn't you throw the ball? Right. Sammy Watkins, who averaged, what, four and a half targets a game to Odell Beckham's 22 I mean, I'm so sick of hearing the comparisons to Odell Beckham when he's literally thrown the ball three to four times yeah. more frequently than Samuel. By Watkins Eli is. Manning. Yeah. That's who I actually think we're going to try and get. <laughs> oh, God. That would How? be awesome. How would we get him? Because I think that... So his contract is very bloated this year. And so if they're in rebuild mode, which a lot of signs... Seem if, to be, if they would have gotten rid of Coughlin, I would be right there with you. The fact that Coughlin's uh, still there... Yeah, I, I agree I, with Cass. I, you know who I would love to point. see them go and get? I doubt that would... I would love to see them go get Matt Ryan. Mm. I would just how how yeah, would how? that happen? New I coaching mean, regime, make like literally give them every single one of our 2015 draft picks. I mean, every dude, I would that give would be every the single most amazing one of them. thing in the world. Yeah, I mean he's the top of my list of like that would not include. I mean our 2015 draft picks. There's like three of them. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay? Like no fourth, no first, no sixth. You know, like, dude. If we had Matt, there's there's absolutely no chance that we don't go to the. Playoffs, and then we don't win a. I mean, we would win a Super Bowl. But I'm thinking with Greg Roman, we are literally going to show run on every play, meaning that even when we pass the ball, unless it's third and eighteen, we're going to be running play action. Yes. No. I I, I. I just don't. You get that impression that if like yeah, like more play. than half of our passes this year are going to come from play. Good. Action. I love play okay, action. So, me too. Honestly, <laughs> so let me. Here's the thing, guys. Is I get very. I'm very confused at why. There's so much hate towards EJ Manuel. Like, why people, why everyone has given up on on him? And you know, I'm not saying that he's he's gonna pan out. I'm just saying that I don't know if he really has had a chance, like a fair chance, to prove himself. Yeah. I, 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 so the one thing that I I see as being a problem for EJ Manuel is that. You know, everyone compares you know his two seasons, which are a total of 14 games, to you know, let's say Peyton Manning's first year. The difference is that those were 16 games in a row. Yeah, I think there's a huge I, yeah. difference in terms of developing the psyche of a quarterback, in terms of developing their 
there you know that that type of repetition that at some point if you don't get it you just kind of fizzle out you lose confidence or whatever and there's already been many comments about how fragile EJ Manuel's psyche is because uh, of Doug Marone he, right well no from the time he was at Florida State that's what his ex coach said about but now him. he has like, Rex Ryan coaching him Rex Ryan who I'm sorry who destroyed Geno Smith? No, Geno well, Smith destroyed Geno Smith. Well, and he has Greg. No, he's got Greg Roman. Yeah, who's well. also going to design a scheme around EJ Strait. Like, and Geno Smith dude, did not have a bad last four games of the season. No, and Geno Smith. If you recall, at the beginning of last year, everyone's like, "Well, why did we draft EJ Manuel if we could have had Geno Smith? Look how much better Geno Smith is." No, it's I, because playing with Rex Ryan meant Geno Smith had the freedom and had the ability to play with some balls. Which is all that was just what EJ after when he looked back on it said that's what I need to do I just need to let her rip you know like I need to like be able to play the way I want to play and this is this is us saying this hoping to find a good justification for EJ Manuel being our quarterback I just get the sneaking suspicion he won't be yeah and I guess I'm just I'm just raising it because we're the I think so many people that the overwhelming majority it feel it feels like. Everyone's looking for a different solution when I, I, I personally don't think that he's been given a chance and that it's proven that he is the answer or not the answer. I think the problem is that we've lost for so many years that no one's willing to give up a season. No one's willing to like take that you know two-win season with EJ Manuel just learning the whole way. Uh, I know, also and, think and that sticking his, it out until the last four games. His deficiencies were the kind that, like, you don't really get over that. You know, like, I mean, we saw in the Houston game, he either didn't see guys who were running wide open or he was overthrowing, underthrowing. I mean, he EJ Manny was so up in his head yes. during that Houston game last year. And and I'm, I'm going to stick to this. It's a confidence thing. If, if he just rocks and fires, the guy's a professional fucking quarterback. Okay, he can hit a guy in the numbers from 30 yards out. If he couldn't, he wouldn't be a professional fucking quarterback, but he is. He wouldn't have played at Florida State for four years. He wouldn't have won four straight bowl games, but he did. Yeah. If I mean, he has the confidence to go out and trust his arm and rock and fire and play ball, I think he'll be okay. Well, and they Three. took that away from him, right? So that's what Marone did. Marone said, you know, the important thing here is to not turn over the ball, like... You need to play conservative. You need to make sure, you know, and I think that was in his head. That was in his head. And then that's why when he's finally finished and he saw Kyle Orton just go out there and sling it, throw a couple picks, but win the game, he said, oh, I just need to let it rip. I just, that's what I can do that. Yeah. You know, and so hopefully that's what happens. Hopefully well, he says, fuck it. I'm going to run when I feel like running. I'm going to throw when I feel like throwing, and I'm going to throw to the receiver. And I may get a pick, but I'll also throw a couple touchdowns. Is the, uh, is it known that it was Doug Marone's decision to start Kyle Orton over yeah, EJ Doug, Doug Rome made that versus up. it being Whaley. I mean, it, it, oh, is yeah. that is that no, why? No, he said I told Whaley. Is that why Whaley and Marone really started to have it out with one another? Probably no, fuel no, to the fire. Yeah, Probably nobody did not knows help. for sure, but it, it, now it's coming out that the Watkins pick wasn't too. Marone wasn't happy. Wasn't with popular that. with Marone. I mean, yeah. I think we can trace it back to several events. Well, there okay. was that big fight right in, in the preseason that where they were all screaming at each other, Russ Brandon and Whaley and Marone, and I believe that was right before Orton came yes, on. Yes, it was. Um, and it was probably Marone being like, "I can't work with this kid. I need someone different." And so then he got Orton and was probably happy. And you know, with it's that. a hell of a thing for your quarterback to hear. Your young quarterback, or to at least perceive, and I'm sure he's he's not a dumb guy. He probably picked it up. 
But at the same time, I have to believe that a lot of that spilled over into the receivers, mm-hmm. and they heard their coach saying that. Because we used to, I mean, Robert yeah. Woods was throwing a shit fit on the field when EJ was the quarterback. Sammy Watkins wasn't doing much better. And that was the one thing that I really lost a lot of respect for both of those players. Because I'm firmly of the mindset that when you're on a team, and especially when the bolts are flying, you don't do anything that's not picking up your teammate. And they were just... Yeah, but when... when I feel like it got a lot worse once Marquise Goodwin went out with a concussion. Because he got laid up by one of EJ's passes. But I'm, I'm saying that it was a... It, chicken no. or the egg, I don't know which one, but the, the problems Something compounded happened. themselves. So, I think, num- number one, I mean, everyone knows, I mean, Rex has made this assessment as well that the quarterback is the biggest issue the biggest outstanding piece right ej not ej whoever it is we need to bring somebody in so and we need to do the, it who is the guy well, so but, hold on before I, but we... the thing is is we need a veteran yeah so before ej we... has not had one single veteran except for kyle orton who came in after a preseason lest we forget about two or three months of kevin cobb yes but but that's my <laughs> point like he has had nothing to grow under nothing to like lead yeah. from jay cutler i don't know that you wait want, what you oh get jay cutler? jay cutler oh though. god jay cutler is the last um, person to learn from but don't you think jay cutler would get us to 10 wins no sweat i don't i i would punch my eyes out with jay cutler you would not want to root for him and there would be as we said before, yes. it would be the double whammy of like, I'm now he rooting for Rex be. Ryan. I'm now rooting for Jay Cutler. I'm now rooting for Brandon Spikes. He would At least be it's though. Not Mark Trestman. He would fit in. Oh in, God. That he would fit in. Hold fucking... on, hold on, hold on. Do you guys know what what uh, Jay Cutler drives around? A Maserati. Oh fuck no. He drives around a white conversion van. I'm talking like that's hilarious. Almost like sexual predator. Yeah. Like, oh I'm, yeah. I'm all of a sudden a huge Jay Cutler. So fan. does he not fit into Buffalo? Come on, blue collar. Kristen Cavallari probably not as much. Yeah, not yeah. as much. She can take her shoe collection and walk the hell out of there. I am sensing a little bit of envy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a little infusion of fashion so, in the Buffalo would not hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got. Wait, before we get on to, before we move on to quarterbacks, can we all go get a beer? Yes, yeah. Okay. We'll be right back, listeners. So I think it makes sense for us to talk about the quarterback scenario. Uh, We might as well speculate, 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 because that's all we can do. Why'd you have to make it racist talking about speculate? So... You want to know my guy? You want to know who my guy is? Well, why don't we do it this way? Matt Schaub. <laughs> how about how who about would be your Labatt Blue quarterback free agent? Matt Schaub. Really? No. Okay. okay so <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a quarterback. You should say yes or no. Okay. I'm say quarterback. You say no. You say no. Sam Bradford. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Not yeah. not as enthusiastically though. Oh, Colin Kaepernick. No. Yes. Yes. RG three. No. no. Yes. Uh Jay Cutler. No. No. Hell no. Eli Manning. Yes. 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 Wet my pants. Here's here's my outside the box, I have a sneaking suspicion. Boy wouldn't I have a boner if this actually happened. Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. Yes. Can I sell my left arm for that? I just want to hear what your thought process is. They just got rid of Dick LeBeau. 
Uh, I think that having come off two consecutive eight and eight years this year, they kind of overperformed with a schedule that was insanely easy playing the AFC NFC South. That's why three NFC North teams made it to the playoffs. By the way, I think they might just switch into rebuild mode and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're not gonna pay for Ben Roethlisberger because we have to build back to Pittsburgh football again." I think, False. but I think people, any have... quarterback who or any any coach who is trying to win is not going to go back into into rebuilding mode. Is there any other quarterbacks who may be available that we haven't mentioned? Brian Hoyer. No. Mark Sanchez. I'd, I'd consider it. Yes. If, if, if we agree that the game plan is going to be running play action for 80% of our passing plays, I'll take Mark Sanchez. Peyton Manning. No. So I don't know because he was playing in. They say he was playing in injured with a torn quad for for the second like half of the season. But I think he's either going to be a Bronco or retired. Jim Kelly. Yes. Any of the four quarterbacks that played Jim for the Ke- Arizona okay, Cardinals. Who is more mobile, Jim Kelly at this point or Kyler? Orton? Oh, Jim, Jim Kelly, Kelly without a question. Because Jim Kelly looked kind of like Kyler Orton running towards the end of his career. I mean, so okay, there's a lot of names that are out there. The problem is. Where are the resources to acquire any of these quarterbacks going to come from? We have the resources, actually. Based from a on financial what? standpoint. No, we don't. Not yeah, if we're we going to resign our own guys, we don't. Watch this. I'll pull it up. I'll get, I'll get you the numbers. Well, the numbers that I understand, we have $19 million in cap space this year. Mario eats up a lot. So if Mario decides to restructure and take more of his money up front, which I guess is pretty standard operating procedure, we also have to pay Marcel Darius... And but not this year. We have to think about him long term, of course. But, um, but you know, I think that. But do we want Marcel and Kyle Williams? Like, is that's one what of I'm them saying? Drop off. That's exactly that's what I'm or, saying. Yeah. Do we want to, do we want Marcel Darius to be negotiating his contract when Kyle Williams is going into his eleventh season, which would be next year? No, what what I'm suggesting is that you let Kyle Williams go, and then in order to make room for Marcel Darius. I don't like the idea of ever saying something like that, but no, I, I mean, but but it's it's a reality, right? Is that Kyle Williams is not going to? What about CJ Spiller? Whatever. We've all, it also came out today that they are trying to resign him as well. Yeah, I don't understand. No, yeah, but that's... I feel like we have all the leverage we need on CJ Spiller. I think we'll get him cheap. Fuck him. <laughs> which, which which by the way, can we just CJ Spiller was my Jenny Cremel bummer of 2014, so you know where I stand on this. I take him or leave him. If he stays and makes a couple great plays, can I, 2015. Can I throw awesome. out some more quarterback names? Yeah. Jake Locker. No. no. Yes. Yes? Yeah. Why yes? I say no. So I, my whole, my my bar here is, are they better than E.J. Manuel? And the reason I said no to Jay Cutler, because I think he's better than E.J. Manuel, is because would he bring the team down? And I think that Jay Cutler, because of his complete inability to pay attention to mechanics, footwork, and actually, like, the, the, the fundamental skills of being a quarterback is what gets himself in trouble. He makes amazing throws, but then he gets himself in trouble because he just relies on his natural talent rather than using mechanics that have been tested and t- tried and true in order to, you know, be a, to make to make tough throws. So that's why balls sail on him. That's why, you know, he under or overthrows receivers. So, but someone like... Um, so so okay so so you either need to be awesome, um, or you need to be better than EJ. Andy and Dalton. I just don't think that Jake Locker is better than EJ. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's not. Well, why, he's not available. He, he might be. be. 
No way. But yes, yes. Way. Yeah, yeah. Would I, I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, one hundred percent. I would too. EJ Manuel. Dude, if you're the fucking Bengals, why do you still have Mark Marvin Lewis as your coach? I don't know. I wonder the same thing. How would he... Dude, Everybody's, he's been there for like 13 years or something. Everybody stupid. always wants to pin years. it on Dalton, and I get that, but it's like, yeah. At the end of the day, man, look at your fucking coach. Make a change. And here's the thing, too. Against against the Colts, Dal- Dalton was out like five or six of his best offensive weapons. So, I mean... Jason Campbell. No. No. Mike How Glennon. No. No. Wow, Glenn was uh, Ryan Mallet. I just don't Ooh. have enough information. Maybe, but I mean that's just setting us back. Uh, is it like? I don't know, guys. I think that I think that Jason Campbell flashed really well, and then was in no Jason Campbell. No, wasn't no. Jason Campbell was on our roster at some point? No, no, no Jason Campbell. He was in horrible I, no. situations everywhere. Jason he Campbell after. is is perfectly analogous, and one name that we haven't brought up was. Suji, you're and I, uh, the front runner that we shared, Hugh Jackson. Jason Campbell is the Hugh Jackson of quarterbacks. Ah, maybe he's gonna be good. And that's what I'm. Th- all these guys, these these. All those second tier guys are maybe. All these second tier yeah. guys are the equivalent of the offensive coordinators that may have panned yeah, out and yeah, may yeah, may yeah. not have panned out. And and I want a Rex Ryan quarterback. I honestly think Jay Cutler is a Rex Ryan quarterback. He's. Proven commodity, he can win yeah, ball games, but he's lost several ball games. I mean, he has. He's never had lost. A, his last coach was Mark Tressman. They had to put a goddamn mirror in front of Mark Tressman's nose to make sure he was still alive. Right, but I don't. Ryan is not No, 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 no. That's that's not true because with a quarterback that actually listened and followed Mark Tressman's rules, they he made Josh McCown look like that's a fucking not, genius. That's not the issue. What's at issue is whether or not Jay Cutler has a leader he can follow. Mark Tressman wasn't that guy. I think I would take Jay Cutler just to see freaking Rex Ryan yell at him, and then him sit there like, mmm, yeah, like his sulky, yeah, he's sad little pout. face. He's, little I, I do not think Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler a, thrived under uh, Mike Shanahan. I'm just saying. I don't like, know if I would say thrive. The, the, yeah, this this old guard, these kind of like big swinging dicks, I think is a good match with Jay Cutler. I think the moment you show that like you're going to be a little bit of a pushover, Jay Cutler's the kind of personality that's going to tank it. So you're saying Jay Cutler likes big dicks, is what you're saying? Yes, and Rex Ryan has a goddamn elephant's trunk between <laughs> his legs. I actually wouldn't be surprised if he had like an, uh, one of those in ingrown <laughs> penises. I mean. <laughs> Inverted, inverted, yeah, like big man, big man. You always think, and it's like, no, nah, that's not necessarily the case. I already know what we're going to talk about for wild card. It's going to have something to do. Right, with well, feet. let's just get into the wild card because again, this is just wild speculation. So on quarterbacks, wait, hold right, on. Well, just, if you could have your way, yeah, what quarterback but would just you pick? Th- that Ben Roethlisberger shit is ridiculous. Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Matt a, Ryan, Eli Manning are my top three. Those are that's absurd. <laughs> I think Eli Manning's not Eli Manning. What are you laughing at? But. All right, fine. I'll put Andrew Luck on the list. Andrew Luck's on the list too. There you go. Out of all the guys who, (laughs) why is there Russell Wilson? Can you imagine if we got Andrew Luck as our quarterback? Huh? Huh? Here's an argument. (laughs) What world? Here's an argument I got in, and I don't. I don't know. What's the It was just Phil. Uh, It was me, Phil, and Kerry, and we were talking about Russell Wilson versus EJ Manuel. Okay, out of college, both these guys. Were rated as oh, oh Russell Wilson oh no he's smarter he's really smart no oh, I'm sorry actually they scored the same on their Wonderlic test dude you and I had this argument and I I will tell you right out of college 
I was really hoping the Bills were going to draft Russell Wilson. And when we traded up in the third round and drafted fucking TJ Graham, I oh, thought man. for sure it was to draft Russell Wilson. And when it was TJ Graham, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, I don't remember that actually happening in real time. I remember that happening <laughs> two years I, I afterward when Russell Wilson was, was like, really good. I was like, this Russell Wilson guy <laughs> yeah, is going to be a lot better than everybody thinks. Yeah. Just because he's only 5'10", this guy's going to be really that's, good. I mean, that's the reason why he wasn't rated as high coming out of colleges, because he didn't have those <laughs> measurables. That everybody he's got like shack hands. Well, Imagine, okay, no, but he's still he's short. Whatever, like he's short. Doug Flutie like, was short too. Yeah, and Doug Flutie exactly. didn't end up succeeding. And and here's the thing. Imagine this: two things that don't have or could have happened. We keep Marshawn Lynch, and then we draft Russell Russell Wilson. We are the Seahawks. Come on. No, because we Chan don't. Have, still our no, because yeah. we don't have Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, and right. everyone yeah. wants to play with Pete. For, so for that's Pete your premise. Carroll. That's my premise, yeah. 100%. No, you think, you think coaching Lynch... makes the difference between Russell Wilson and A.J. Manuel? Yes. Uh, I don't know I, I, I disagree. Okay. I, I mean, I just think like the kid's got... The, the thing that he had going for him, the reason he was even making it into the NFL, is because he had ridiculous accuracy. And he's always had ridiculous accuracy. He's also a baseball player. He's been drafted to play in the MLB. So do you want Jameis Winston as your quarterback? No. Rapius. Rapius well, he plays baseball. What about Mariota? No. I don't want any. If, I don't want any of the quarterbacks. Unless there's like, <laughs> unless there's like a below the radar second Jones? second tier. He's not coming out. That uh, came out today. Oh, he did. Yeah. He unless like second tier conference guy who who put up like ridiculous numbers, kind of like Joe Flacco or Ben Roethlisberger. I want Garrett Grayson. I'm not interested. I don't even know who Garrett Grayson is. Colorado. Blaine Gabbert. No, Blake. I, I, we all we all smelled the bullshit on Blaine Gabbert from a mile away. The fact that NFL personnel were fooled on Blaine Gabbert, I will never understand. Because we on this podcast, we're on record as saying, "How is this Blaine Blaine Gabbert? No way! This guy's gonna be awful." And yet he still was drafted in what the top seven? Okay, let's wrap this because it's all blind speculation. Um, we'll yeah. find we'll find out in a, a very long few months. But until then. Let's just get into the wild card so uh, Cassie can go home and enjoy her Blue Apron meal. Every great episode must come to an end. This episode is no different. Which means we've arrived at the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card! Now before we get to the segment, uh, as we always do, we've been drinking an assortment of beer here on Bills and Beers, the podcast we talk about the Bills, and where we also drink beer. Which is why, by the time we make it to the wild card, we kind of don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, so I've been drinking... You said the F word! Um, what, I had the Euphoria, whatever you brought over, that oh, was yeah. nice. That the was real euphoria. nice. We wanted to have a pale ale that you brought, Cass. Yeah, yeah. That was nice, and now I'm having a Lagunitas Pills, which I'm, I opened by accident. It's okay. Pills. Uh, There's pil- a reason I brought two of those over here, okay? I'm sorry. I thought, it, I, I, again, I thought it was the IPA. Um, I know. That's why I drank the IPA and left the pills for you. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. So you got it's, your six-pack from me. That's all that, that's Yeah, all that, that was really sweet. Uh, I am drinking, um, oh yeah, I'm drinking the IPA, the Lagunitas IPA. You are drinking, I thought I saw one in there. So, and, uh, so who's having the anti-hero here? I'm having the anti-hero. And in, uh, true Chicago fashion, I'm starting to train for the biggest day in Chicago history, otherwise known as St. Patrick's Day, so I am drinking a Guinness. Yeah, so it's been a, a good, drought. good night of beer. Um, I don't think I've had anything oh, I don't like. Can I make a quick comment? Please. Okay. 
So I was talking to this guy the other day. And Does this have anything to do with beer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, no, it has to do with drinking, though, and it has right, to do well, with Guinness. Let's just wrap up the beer. Okay, so I got Yinling in the fridge. We recommend all of the aforementioned labels. If you're under 21, ask your parents first. Bill, go ahead. So so I'm talking to this guy, and he's talking about this Irish bar that Carrie and I need to go to uh, that's right around where we're going to be getting married. Okay? Oh, okay. He's like, yeah, you got to go chat this Irish bar. It's in, it's in Milwaukee. And... He's like, yeah, man, I got this good like Irish buddy of mine, and uh, we were ordering. Uh, it, was, it was the first time I actually like had met him, and I ordered an Irish car bomb. And the guy's like, "Are you serious? Like well, what? It's, it's, like, that's, that's a Jameson and, and Guinness, right? Right. But he's like, D- don't don't you realize that that's offensive? And I, the I, Irish guy said that. I never thought about that before. Yeah, like Irish car bomb. They actually take offense to that. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Yes, I, they do. I thought the Irish people are like the last people that would take offense to something. Especially like that. if drinking is involved. Yeah, that's what I mean. And so the guy's like, you know what? Whatever. I'm gonna order. Uh, it, this is at an Irish bar. Literally called the Irish bar in Milwaukee. And he says, whatever. I'm gonna order anyway. And so the Irish guys behind the the bar, the bartenders, the guy asks, hey, can I have an Irish car bomb? Or two Irish car bombs. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I got it for you. So he goes and he grabs two sh- tall shot glasses. He fills them full of whiskey. And then he fucking knocks them over and he says, here, I, I got something for you. It's called Twin Towers. <sighs> wow. Yeah. So did, I never thought about the fact that that would be potentially offensive before. I, I mean, I totally understand why. But again, I come back to this point where the Irish seem to be the opposite type of people that would get offended by something I guess like this that. guy grew up like car bombs are sort of like frequent in like it's Northern happening in, in Northern Ireland yes well, absolutely that's where the name comes from and I thought car bombs I thought it was Bailey's yeah no. I thought it was yeah yeah I thought it was Bailey's into Bailey's into so our new <laughs> our new head coach is Rex Ryan who uh, as of what was it 2011-2012 so he's a straight up wasp right he's not Irish or Rex Ryan well he he's, he grew up in Toronto uh, Who names their kid Rex, Rex, by the way? Who names their kid Rex Probably when someone they, whose name is Buddy. Who? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but his brother is what? Um, Rob. So, like, between Rex and Rob, like, if you were Rob, don't you think you'd be a little, feel like you were kind of robbed in the name department? Who's older? I don't know. But all I know is that Bill and Cassie are both on their phone, so I've, I've lost them. Hopefully, I, 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 know, lost I, them. I, am, I am correct. I would like to take... It's typically Guinness Stout, Bailey's Ice Cream, and Jameson, so it's a mixture of them, please. Thank you. So, uh... It was nice seeing Rex when he ooh, first came into Wikipedia has got to change that When he first came entry. into One Bill's Drive, he, uh... Said hi to the secretary. Said hi to the secretary. You know who nice. else did that? Who? E.J. Manuel. Oh, in the same video, Kindred spirits, the secretary baby, got up from her desk and said, baby. "Oh, you must be our new quarterback," and went over and gave him a big hug. And doesn't she introduce? Did she introduce herself as Mrs. Something? Like she didn't use her first name. She's and, like, and hi, and, I'm Mrs. This. I'm and, Mrs. This. And Rex introduced his wife as his bride. <laughs> was oh, like, is that what he said? He goes, and that's uh, you know, that's my bride. I like that he said I'm Rex. So anyway, speaking of Rex's bride, dolly, dolly, uh, we dolly, know dolly. from a video that came out in, again, 2011-2012, that Rex is a thing for feet. Um, he liked and, the boots. He's, and better get off me. And it's uh, <laughs> it's yet to be determined whether or not he's going to have his uh, wife in her, in her uh, Mark Sanchez jersey colorized uh, so that she's no longer wearing a Jets jersey. But we know that Rex really likes him some feet. And I don't judge, whatever, to each his own. I don't get it, but that's what, that's, you know, some people like it. So he likes his feet nice and small and petite. 
And um, he's now going to be in a locker room in Buffalo like he was in New York with a lot of big men. Uh, some of which have the... And some petite men! Have have the inclination, all of whom have the disposable income, to take care of their feet. So the question to you, Bills and Beers, is who on the Buffalo Bills roster right now has, in fact, the best, most desirable feet, if, in fact, you're into that sort of thing? Cass, we'll start with you. Well, I feel like this is an easy one. Uh, this player usually scores the most points for a team. They also use their feet in order to be successful in their jobs. And that would be none other than Dan Carpenter. So, follow-up question. Kickers tend to wear, like, a football cleat on their left foot and then a soccer cleat on their Which right foot. foot? <gasps> so, does that mean that he only gets pedicures on his right foot and the other one's just kind of like a gnarled, hairy, fungus-ridden mess and his right foot's completely oh, inaccurate? Oh, 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 totally. And, and Dan Carpenter's got some camo, like, yeah. in it. Like, he's, <laughs> got, he's got one that's, like, he puts into, like, the swamp lamb when he goes hunting. So he's got, like, camo paint on his toenails. Oh, toenails, completely. Y'all ever seen um, Mr. Deeds? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking that Dan Carpenter's kicking foot is the dead foot. (laughs) That's why he can just fucking boot it. It doesn't feel nothing. He just kicks the shit out of the ball. So, yeah, that's... that's So who's going to have your... So, he's my new favorite player, and so I'm picking him for everything. (laughs) You can't just do this. Wait, Kyle Williams feels excited. She has picked Eric Wood for every damn wild card (laughs) in the beginning of time. I'm really surprised you didn't pick Eric Wood. But, and I'm going to explain why, okay? (laughs) Please do. It's going to be Booby D feet. Okay, it's going to be Booby D's feet. And the reason why is because Booby D doesn't get no damn manicures. Booby D ain't got no time for no manicures, but... Booby D's gonna have some nasty, grisly corns, and it's just gonna be. And you know what? I think Booby D's got finger toes. Yeah, he's got those We're long ass toes that that like that's why he can cut, and that's why he thinks he's Twinkle Toes, right? That's why he tries to like jump over the line. <laughs> but they're gonna be nasty. But I think he's gonna have some like a little bit of Popeye's gristle <laughs> in between his toes. He like soaks them in oil. Yeah, and he's, he he's, probably, that's what he does. He after he's finished, with he soaks them in oil so that when he's the, running, like, he hopes to get toes. He does, he does a, eat, sucking on D. my toes or nah. It's Booby D. It's Booby D. These toes turn me on. Okay, so that's what that is. I mean, and you know what? So they're flavorful toes. That's the most important thing. Bill, do you have one? And yet? they have protein. A hundred percent. I have two. I know. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> I know. I know who he's going for, and I feel like it's could be the demise of our franchise. He's going after Kim Pagula. Oh, oh. oh shit! He's got Asian yeah. those are some nice, I mean, those are some nice toes. I can imagine she takes, I mean, she takes like, real honestly, good care. She has a little Amazon quality but to we her. Can't, we can't insinuate that Kim and all of her sisters, aunts, cousins, and mothers and grandmothers all run a nail salon where she goes and gets her feet done every day. No, I mean, I that's have, not what you're I, insinuating. I have it? made that insinuation about my wife for a, a solid... But your wife is not Korean or no, whatever. No, no, no. They run a dry She's cleaning. She's Filipino! <laughs> <laughs> that's good enough! That's, that's is she? Yeah. Oh, I that's, love that's, that's close enough well, to the international date Nasty so Kim, yeah, I think it's gonna be it's, it's gonna Kim. be Kim's little sister. I bet you Kim's got this really hot little. Or it's sister. gonna be yeah. Who's that social media girl? Uh, the blonde that's oh, always on. Hannah, Hannah. Oh, she's Hannah. gone. Oh, she's gone. No, she's, she's with the new. She's with yeah. the local news station now. Yeah. Oh. maybe it'll be Mike Rodak. <laughs> that's hilarious. That piece of shit. All right. On that, that note, sucks. let's move on to love. So my two, uh, my because <laughs> we asked for players, so I'll I'll do one on. So it's. One on each side of the ball. 
Uh, no pun intended. Literally. That's the way Rex likes it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One, I think, is a little more obvious than the other, so we'll start with the least obvious one. I'm going to go with Brandon Spikes, uh, who won, like, some kind of, like, uh, NFL player fashion award, and I, I believe he's very fashion forward. And he strikes me as the kind of guy who is so manly that he would have a pedicure. The other one is, again, probably right up there with Eric Wood and Kyler Williams as having won every single goddamn wild card we've ever done. But because everything he does is perfection and he's very well manicured uh, from top to bottom, otherwise, of course, we're talking about Fred Jackson. Yes. I gotta believe Fred Jackson is the kind of man who takes care of his feet. And his wife probably has some input on that. Absolutely. Hmm. Can I can I just say one thing before we close out this episode? Eric Wood does not belong in this conversation. <laughs> no, 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 no. Every single year since we've started this podcast, right, I've what had dreams and hopes that we would be all meeting in, in January, potentially February, to talk about the Buffalo Bills. Might I say it's, it's fabulous to see you guys. And I bet you, I swear you can take this to Vegas, as Jeff Day would say, we'll be doing this exact same thing next year. In season. In season, still in the playoffs, going for an AFC championship with the Rex Ryan. Here, here. Well, on that note, we will be back probably sometime after the NFL drafts will be a little, a few couple months here between... Uh, we hope. We, we hope, hope there's no we other hope bonds. something else to talk about. Well, um, no, unless it's us signing Ben Roethlisberger. In which case, my <laughs> ass is at your house. <laughs> Lars, we need to record! Uh, but, uh, Cass, I love that. I love the spirit. Uh, Rex, Rex said as much in his press conference. And I, I think that everything's looking up Bill's. So, on behalf of Cassie Hutton, Bill Belcher, Sujit, and, of course, the long-forgotten. Oh, we say long-forgotten. Nobody forgot about him. But the long, the long, longed-after, we should say. The longed-after. Speaking about feet Jam and, and toes. And putting the one in, that putting kid has the most disgusting yeah, toe does. in the world. Yeah, he does. Uh, I'm Lars. Until next time, go Bills. The Bills make me wanna shout